Welcome to The Recovering Perfectionist, where you'll learn all the hacks you need to get started and finished on your business or project. You'll connect with successful entrepreneurs who are in perfectionist rehab, unapologetically experimenting and balancing life, business, family, and me time. I'm your host and Chief Recovering Perfectionist, Claire Barton. Hey everyone, Claire from The Recovering Perfectionist here. Today on the show, I have Mary Houston, who got up incredibly early to chat with me on the podcast. She lives in the UK and I'm obviously in Australia. So we had a chat about all things perfectionism and how it can actually stop so many things um, in your life. So Mary and I have very, very, very similar views on perfectionism, um, obviously, and uh, it was really interesting getting her on the show and hearing a little bit about what she does and how she helps women overcome it. So I really hope you enjoy the episode and I will um, look forward to hearing your replies. Hi everyone, it's Claire from The Recovering Perfectionist and I'm here with Mary Houston who is the creator of Mind Your Own Business all the way from Oxford in the UK. So thanks for getting up so early in the morning to have a chat with me, Mary. Oh, so glad to be here with you, Claire. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's, um, it's fine. It's, it will, the sun will come up eventually. eventually. <laughs> yeah. um, for everyone listening at home, I'm sitting in Brisbane, Australia, and we were just laughing about how I've got my air conditioner trying to cool the room down to 18 degrees, and Mary's got her heating on trying to warm it up to 20. So we are seriously on opposite ends of the globe. Um, yeah. But uh, we work in a lot of similar spaces, and we work in a lot of, or well, we move in a lot of similar groups from what I can work out. And I've been following your journey for a little while. Um, so Mary, I know you from one of the, um, Facebook groups that we're both in. And one of my first memories of you was a beautiful post that you did, um, uh, sort of asking for some support and there were some, um, changes going on in your business and all of that sort of thing. And I just, I really connected with that. It was really vulnerable and really beautiful and really honest and really connective. And the best thing about that was you got so many responses of people saying, oh my gosh, here you go. Like this is, you know, giving you support and giving you love. And it was kind of, I like, I was just watching from the outside going, wow, it was just amazing to see all of these incredible people kind of coming out and, and you being incredibly brave and um, vulnerable for doing all of that sort of thing. So um, that was sort of one of my first interactions that I think I had with you. And since then I've <laughs> what followed <a> you. <laughs> I know. Well, no, it was good. It was excellent. It was really, really um, authentic. I know it's a totally overused word, but it was really real and, um, and I really like it. So here we are today. So when I yeah, um, contacted yeah. you a few weeks ago to say, I, I can't remember what, what happened. We'd, we'd interacted, we'd done a few things online and I was like, right, we have to talk. I need you on the podcast. Um, and then we've decided to talk about the thing that you do, which is called Mind yeah. Your Own Business. Um, so usually I don't talk about what we're going to talk about until you've um, articulated who you are and what you do, but <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. So I'm going to hand over to you to tell us a bit more about you and your business and all the things, Mary Houston. Cool. Um, well, it's funny because that post, when I think back to that post, so many people still talk about it and mm. reference it or, you know, or, or search for it and read it. And I think yeah, right. that really was the, it was such a, it was such a huge turning point in my online presence because I was just hit with this overwhelming sense that so many women are afraid to speak their mind and are afraid to be vulnerable. You know, there, mm. there was, 
I was so shocked. I don't have a problem with speaking my mind <laughs> at all or telling my story or telling it like it is. You know, it was just, for me, it was just a bad day and I was just writing about a bad day. Yeah. But there were so many women who were like, you know, I was so inspired by mm. how brave you were and, and, and it really triggered me into this whole cycle of events that got me thinking about why are women so afraid to speak up why mm -hmm. do so many of us hold ourselves back why do we not speak our truth How, why do we find visibility and authenticity so difficult and so from there and from a other kind of series of crazy events this whole idea of mind your own business was born and I was listening to one of your podcasts and hearing about your journey of how you how recovering perfectionist came you know into mm. being and it was such a similar kind of fermentation you know when you had that idea and you sit with it a little bit and mm -hmm. you just knew that it was something that had a really clear mm -hmm. message in it and for me so so many people go mind your own business what because most people will go mind your own business when it's like you're being nosy you know or kind of keep out of my business keep but, out of my business and, yeah yeah and and in some ways it is exactly that but it's a bit of a play on terms because for me the fundamental thing that I find with all my clients, whatever they come to me for, the one thing they all have in common is this obsession with worrying about what other people think. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. keeping up with appearances, doing things because of other people instead of because of how they feel, worrying about other people's opinions. And it's this whole idea that we spend our lives living in other people's business, catering mm -hmm. to them people ignoring how we feel instead of actually minding our own business and and focusing on our lives and getting mm. ourselves straight first yeah. and being in a place of joy and freedom and and releasing all that negative emotions you know mm. so it was kind of born from there and it also has a little bit of play on words as well with the whole mind your own business because I work with so many entrepreneurs yes. because this is I, I, it's such a big thing mm. for entrepreneurs. And as you know, with recovering perfectionists, you know, it really has a bit of an overlap with imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. recovering perfectionists, self-sabotage, you know, mm -hmm. because those are all of the reasons, you know, the symptoms of being in other people's business, you know, mm. so that's why so I've kind of created this, this program, uh, if you, for want of a better word, I guess it's, mm -hmm. Bit like you, I mean, the recovering perfectionist, it is your theme, it is your model. I yeah. don't know, it's so it, it's the thing that you know, when you find your purpose because you know mm. it's the thing that you just want to talk about, it fits, all yeah, the time. exactly, yeah, just fits, it just feels right. And for me, it was the thing that wouldn't let me go. It was like, no, you need to open this conversation, mm -hmm. people need to be talking about this, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so out of it, I've created little programs off of it that work around coaching people around the, the idea of can you get out of other people's business and focus on your own life? Mm. Because that is the fast track to emotional healing from Absolutely. my experience. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of what I do and, and how I ended up there. Really, for me, the tipping point was 
when I was in the throes of, of trying to get over my marriage breakup, most of people, most of everyone almost knows my story and knows that, you know, my, my marriage went tits up a few years ago. And um, that's how I ended up back in the UK because I was in Perth for 87 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I was, I just couldn't let it go. I, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. couldn't get past, find my own, my own path to healing. I was a total mess. My son was a total mess because I was a total mess, you know, and, and I, I know on your call with Anna Siebert, you were talking so much about this idea that when we're not present as parents, our mm. children are so dysregulated, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's so true. And mm. that what was happening for me. And then I had this light bulb moment, which was what he chooses to do is none of my business. Mm-hmm. And it was like suddenly, yeah world just lifted off my shoulders mm. you know it was like oh really yeah I don't have to worry about that like <laughs> really it's like oh oh yeah I've got my own stuff yeah that feels really good yeah. you know and it was like ah oh. and then I just started talking to more people about it and realizing mm. so many people do that. yeah I I had a conversation I I don't know how old I would have been maybe in my early teens or preteen or something with my auntie my mum's sister Mm. and she she was a very um is is still a very um strong um gosh I don't even know how I would describe her she's awesome entrepreneur she's always been in business she's very she's one of those people who really genuinely doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks of her and she never has like she's just she just doesn't care like she'll try and talk herself talk away out of a parking ticket by telling the police officer off or something and she'll you know she's just that sort of person she's she's completely nuts but I remember her saying to me once what she said you know you just think about this whenever someone has a go at you about such and such you think of this what you think of me is none of my business yeah and that's something that's really stuck with me it's easier said than done and I'm definitely yeah. haven't lived by that throughout most of my teens and 20 well maybe in my teens but certainly not in my 20s um this whole thing about you know what you think of me is none of my business like if you don't like it mm-hmm. don't tell me just just go away like I don't need yeah. to I don't need that stuff um, and I did um, Trish Everett's Sweet Talk course with my husband about this time last year, actually, early 2016. And she talks a lot about um, personal responsibility. In fact, I spoke to her on the podcast recently about personal mm-hmm. responsibility because it was a real kind of eye-opener for me. You know, you do these communication and relationship courses and you expect to be told about the open body language and the open-ended questions and positive communication, all that sort of thing. But it was totally not that. It was, a bit, you know that on steroids times 5 billion, it was just amazing. But one of the biggest things I got out of it was the module on personal responsibility. And 50% of personal responsibility is obviously looking after your own shit, owning your own stuff, owning your own um, hangups, owning your own behaviours, owning your own needs, owning your own strengths and all of that sort of thing, um, which is probably the easier part of the 50%. The other 50% is not owning everyone else's stuff. So if you're standing in your own truth, like, you know, when we talk about relationships, if you're standing in your own truth and you really genuinely need to be, you need to speak up about something that you're not happy with or a need that's not being met or a behavior that does not fit with your values or whatever, and you bring it up and then your partner or the other person who you're talking to gets the shits and doesn't talk to you for two days or gets angry and starts slamming doors or whatever, that's their thing. That's you know, thing. We, yeah. we sort of had this thing where we would have an argument and whoever responded, 
the other one would be all like, oh, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this. And if you're going to slam doors, I'm going to slam doors. If you're not going to talk to me, I'm not going to talk to you. And this whole, it was just ridiculous. It was just such yeah. a negative spiral. But once yeah. we both, and we both did this course at the same time, we both owned our own stuff to go, actually, yeah. this is really important to me and I'm going to say something. I'm going to say it kindly and in a good timing and all that sort of thing. But I'm not going to be responsible for your response. Mm. That's your, yes, your gig. You don't want to talk to me for two days. That's cool. I'm going to go over here and yeah. do my own thing because. Absolutely. And it's, again, it's a practice thing, but it's totally exactly what you're saying. It's when you, when you stop owning everyone else's stuff and their yeah. responses to your stuff. Yeah. Game changer, so, right? Just ab- absolute life changer. And it's funny, you know, when you say it's, it's almost easier to own your own stuff rather than get out of everybody else's stuff. But what I find is in the process that I take women through is when we actually do own our own stuff, the other stuff doesn't matter anyway. Mm -hmm. You suddenly arrive at a place where you're like, oh, I didn't even notice that that's the way you (laughs) were responding. Right. Oh, oh, yeah, that's fine. You just do whatever you want to do. Because the hardest thing I've had for women anyway, the hardest thing for women is to actually just be best be themselves Mm. and to actually be brave enough to own their own truth because Mm -hmm. there are so many of us that aren't doing that you know we're not living our purpose we're not owning our truth we're not we're and it comes back to this idea you know our our conversation opener about coming to this place where we can be vulnerable Mm. because there are so many people that are afraid to do that because Mm. of the fear of being judged or what other people Mm. will think or say or the knock-on effect you know so Mm -hmm. um so once you arrive at that place I've got a beautiful client at the moment and she's really been working hard on this on owning her stuff and owning her story and she's going through a a really difficult time from a in a relational point of view with the people around her and she kind of wanted to sort the relational stuff out Mm -hmm. first and I was like I, I think we should just start with you. Let's start with you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, but the reason I feel like this is because of everybody else. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. where everybody is sitting. It's like, mm. once you can stop needing to blame everybody else, mm-hmm. once you can stop needing to change everybody else, that is the game changer. Mm. But we spend our lives trying to change everyone around us, mm. trying to change circumstances I did a live stream about this yesterday and it was like I want everybody to write a list of how many people are you waiting to change in your life and how many circumstances are you waiting to change in your life before you take action mm. you know and people were like oh, oh. gosh <laughs> I filled up a notebook <laughs> okay <laughs> quite a few and yeah. I'm I'm guilty of that too but it's we that's how we live our life but when you own your own stuff when you mind your own business and you get out of everybody else's sphere and you can go actually I don't need anything to change I just need to to get on with my own stuff and mm. take that action and that's a huge huge procrastinator for women mm. in business as well yeah. huge trait of the perfectionist mm. you know kind of constantly wanting to everything to be right and circumstances to be right and you know so mm. yeah it's a yeah it's a huge I, thing 
I think it's a really interesting thing and it's obviously uh, for anyone who's ever listened to an episode or heard me talk about anything will probably know that this is where I sort of stand on it and this is you know as you said this is why I started the recovering perfectionist and why pretty much everything that I do is kind of through the filter of the recovering perfectionist because I speak to so many people I used to speak to so many people in the past who are friends or family who have these amazing ideas and these beautiful gifts that they can be bringing the world and these beautiful Mm. um, uh, things that would serve other people as well as serve them. And they say, I'm going to do this. And you're like, that sounds awesome. What can I do to help? Or why don't you try this? Or you could start here or whatever. And then six months later or a year later or two years later or five years later, it's like, hey, how'd you go with that thing? They're like, oh, no, I I was never going to do it. It was just an idea. And I'm like, what? That that was like, (laughs) I wanted that thing. Why can't you do that? But this happened all the time or, you know, even now I talk to friends who um, have seen my business journey and they're like, mm. oh, you know, it's getting more tempting and I'm like, it's really not that hard and it doesn't matter <laughs> if, it's not, if it's not perfect. Like the whole idea is to just get started and to experiment and to try something. Um, but, you know, what I try and do is kind of give people a bit of a framework and a bit of a plan and yeah. the systems and ways to make it feel easier so they've got the confidence to actually do it and that sort of thing. But the whole thing, I guess, about, you know, when you're starting a business is, like you said, it's, it's hard enough to start in the first place if you're not sure exactly mm-hmm. where you're going. But that's part of the process. Like, no one knows where they're going when they first start. Um, but then the second wave of that kind of comparisonitis comes when yeah. you're in there, especially if you're doing like an online business. For a lot of people, that's a pretty new world. And it's a, you know, you sort of think you know online business and then you start an online business and you're like, shit, I had no <laughs> idea what to expect. I didn't even know yeah. that like yeah. email marketing was a thing. I didn't know, you know, like there's so much that you don't, you don't know what you don't know sort of thing. Yeah. So um, then that second wave comes when you start seeing people who are doing something similar or the same as you and how far ahead they might seem in their business journey or how much more yeah. finesse their branding is or how much um, content they're putting out and that sort of thing. And it gets really overwhelming and you think, oh, stuff, mm-hmm. I haven't got time to do that. I, they're doing it. I might as well not bother. Um, and I, like, I certainly went through that a thousand times. I still go through that, um, comparisonitis where it does get a bit paralyzing because you think, Oh, what's the point? Why? Like people can go and get this thing. Sorry. My dog's probably hear my dog breathing. He's literally just here for a pat and being a pest. Um, recovering perfectionist, my dog on my podcast. Um, this is George, everybody. Hello, George. (laughs) Hello, George. Um, and, uh, yeah, so when I, when I sort of first started and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, I've got a great idea. And then I'd start doing things. And then like, I felt like every time I did that, the next day, someone would be online going, Hey, look at this new product. I'm like, that's yes. my thing. Yes. Stuff it. I'm not going to do it anymore because someone's already doing it. So many times. But just, and that's the thing. And then I've had so many conversations about this with coaches and other people kind of in my circle and they're like, yeah, but they do it differently. Even if it's a similar kind of program or a similar offering, um, there's a reason why people would or wouldn't buy from you or someone else. Like there's people who do the same thing, obviously, but if they have more of a connection with you and they get your style and your um, messaging and all that other sort of subliminal stuff, that's kind of where it comes from. Like there's enough people to go around that you don't really have to worry about whether you're better or worse than anyone, you just do what you do because someone always needs the thing that you've got or that you're teaching or supporting in or whatever. There's always someone who connects better with, with me than they do with the next person who does what I do. It's taken a long time to get to the point of being okay with that. And I'm still not hundred percent. Okay. There's still moments that I see people pop up and I'm like, that was my thing. 
I was supposed to do that and I've either not got my shit together or I've forgotten to send a message or I've, you know, whatever. And, you know, you've got to keep picking yourself up and that sort of thing. But, you know, it it is in waves and it's always going to be there. So the sooner you kind of move past that and get okay with not having to compare yourself. So in that sense, Mary, have you got any kind of tips and tricks or activities that people can do if they're kind of stuck in in a moment say if anyone's listening right now and they're in that bit of a funk because they're comparing to someone else who's in the same field or doing a similar sort of um, service or product than they are have you got any kind of quick fixes or is it all a bit of a process um it's kind of yes and no is the answer it's it's so funny because we talked about like for the whole month of March I've been doing this free masterclass training series for people like a series of webinars and two of them one was on imposter syndrome one was on self-sabotage which so exactly what you're talking about we've been talking about comparisonitis what happens when and and it's really interesting to hear you talk about that journey because the thing that happens is we think we just need to get over it. We need to reach a point where we can get over it mm. and then we can just free ourselves and get on with our business. But the thing is, is that every time that we hit a new glass ceiling, the goalposts move and we, we discover a whole new level of comparisonitis. New it's level, like, new devil. New playing, level, same devil. <laughs> I was playing here and I was okay with that, but now I'm playing in this sandpit mm. and all way more money than me and they have, they, they're using right. report and and really big professional things like that and you know and so you just kind of hit a whole new level and it yeah. comes at you again mm. so from from so I say to people two things yes right. I do have some really quick things that help you when you're in that space but the best thing that you can do is because underlying all of that it comes back to what we were talking about at the start is when you know your worth and you are absolutely 100% owning that, none of that stuff matters, Mm. you know, and that is the big thing for women is so many women struggle with being okay with their worth. You know, I've taken clients through coaching and they've cleared up all their shit in every corner of their life, but get them to still then look me in the eye and say, I'm worth it Mm. and they're like they start sweating you know (laughs) it's like it's we really have but when you can own that and be totally in that place that is where that freedom from comparisonitis comes that's Mm. in my experience that is the only the only permanent cure is to Mm. just 100% know that you are and you are divinely loved, you are divinely perfect, Mm. that, you know, you are your own essence of energy and there is no one like you in the world. And that's the reason why you're here doing this Mm. because Mm. somebody else can talk about the recovering perfectionist, but they won't have your story. They won't have your Mm. energy. They won't have your radiance. They won't have what you have. And it it doesn't matter. And what Mm. you have, your energy is going to resonate with a whole different kind of people than somebody else's will you know and I think we place so much on the doing Mm -hmm. and not enough on the being Mm -hmm. who we are Mm -hmm. and that that leads to that self-destructive cycle anyway but Mm -hmm. so anyway so in the I love acronyms that's when I was studying as I'm a physiotherapist like my my first was a physiotherapist (laughs) so when I was studying and I hate science how I ended up (laughs) as a medical professional I have no idea but um 
when I was studying, I, I used to use acronyms a lot to try and remember. remember. Stuff. <laughs> I just yep. couldn't remember things. So one of the things that we came up with in the masterclass and women love these. So well, the first one was um, bold steps for action. So um, bold standing for be brave, be open, love yourself and do something daring. Mm -hmm. And those, just those four steps alone, if you, whenever you get into that sense of, I'm an imposter, I'm a fraud, somebody is better than me, how do I, you get into that, you know, cycle of negative thinking mm -hmm. to just stop and think, right, be brave. Of course I'm brave. I know I can do this. Reach out, call a girlfriend, ask for some moral support, you know, mm. get somebody to lift you up and, mm. and help you be brave. Be open, you know, share. Not only, so many people think openness comes because we have to be more open, but actually women have a real issue actually with receiving. Yes. So it's mm. actually being open to receive. So receive that support back, receive those compliments back, let people lift you up and help mm. you. You know, this isn't a one-man band. So many of us, on our entrepreneurial journey think that as a solopreneur you have to do it solo mm -hmm. that's you have to do everything by yourself yeah. and it's just impossible mm. so um love yourself you you cannot get rid of this cycle unless you love yourself because you will just keep attacking yourself mm -hmm. the whole time and comparing you know shaming and comparing yourself to other people mm. do something daring take an action step, take a baby action step, whether it's do that post on Facebook, like I did, mm. you know, nine months ago, which was, this is where I'm at. And I'm just being brave and daring enough and open enough to just say, here I am, yeah. or whether it's to make a video, but not post it yet, or but mm. just to do something daring. So those, so the first one is the my bold action steps. And then the other one is my bare action steps, which um, is more when you really get into that cycle of complete shutdown, complete mm -hmm. freeze. So breathe. First one, breathe, be, breathe, align, align yourself to your center, align your energy, get some body treatment, you know, do a meditation, get out of your head, get into your body and align yourself where you are. Mm -hmm. Allow that aligning to actually reveal your true self, your mm. true nature, connect mm. with who you are and connect with that inner voice and that inner wisdom and then embody that. So embody mm. that yes. whisper that you're hearing. And then mm. when you go through that stage, it's such a grounding mm. process and almost getting into that bareness of who you are, yeah. taking steps then takes you into that, okay, now I'm now that I have done that, I've breathed, I've aligned, I've revealed, I've embodied, I'm here. Oh, now I can take that bold action right. step. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those are like really quick, simple steps that you can take mm. when you get into this cycle. Love it. I love it. Amazing. I um, will definitely put links in the show notes because I would love to read some more about that and, and to have a bit of a reminder about Bear and Bold. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah, no, um, I've got little pictures which I can um, send you. Oh, yeah, good. People were like, oh, can I have that for like yeah. my phone or something? I, that's like, what yeah, I was thinking. Sure. That'd be a nice screensaver or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a little reminder. 
Mm. yeah that's the thing it's there so really interesting quick total Mm. um anecdote around Mm. what you were just saying around there um i noticed you mentioned at when you're aligning that you might do some body work or you might you know sort of tap into your physicalness um in a past life i was also a uh, remedial massage therapist and a baby massage instructor amongst other things um but i also so i loved giving massage and i also still to this day obviously love getting massage and i always find when I'm in um, having a massage, like that's obviously a really vulnerable place to be in. And I know as a massage therapist, when people are, you know, almost naked, face down with their <laughs> face in a little hole, it's a very yeah. vulnerable place to be. And yeah, with vulnerability absolutely. comes extreme emotion because I guess you're mm. so open to everything and it can be a little bit overwhelming. Like I've had so many people who've just burst into tears and cried for the entire massage or cried at the end or want to give me a hug at the end or like it's a really emotional kind of process to go through and I know when I'm getting a massage I do feel exactly what you've just said like I you know you get into your breathing (laughs) because you're either in pain or you're just so relaxed but you're also aligned because you're like you can feel every part of your body when someone's you know massaging it um and what was R? And reveal. Reveal. So I know when I'm face down in a massage, I'm always really relaxed. In fact, the last time I almost fell asleep for the first time ever, and I get a lot of massages and I've never fallen asleep, but I'm pretty sure I might have, you know, had a little couple of micro sleeps there. But anyway, (laughs) but I always like when I'm kind of in that space, I, I get, I wish I had a notepad on my armrest because I come up with (laughs) the most incredible ideas. I feel like it's so, it's like there's this enlightening thing that happens. And I, now that you've put some words to it, that's exactly what it is because I'm breathing, I'm aligned, I'm revealing stuff because I'm in a vulnerable state and a relaxed state and I'm not thinking about anything else. It's like when you're falling asleep, I suppose, and all those, you know, your brain is like, hello, what about this? What about this? And it's like that. And then embodying it, I'm literally, I'll go usually and sit in the car or I, um, I, I usually do it on my nothing day I have a nothing day once a month and then I go to a cafe and I buy myself coffee and and then I sit down and I write down all of my ideas and because I just feel like there's such clarity so I think you've completely hit your nail on the nail on the head with um with your bare and bold things that's really struck a chord with me so and I think a lot of Oh, you're welcome. And it's and so when it go, it kind of ties back to receiving in that that because women are so bad at receiving, mm. we can't and um, we can't we can't get those downloads. We can't hear that inspiration, mm. that soul whisper, that divine connection, our intuition, whatever you want to call it. But we can't hear that unless we're in receiving mode. And mm-hmm. having a massage is one of the things that puts you in receiving right. mode. Yeah, okay. and, yeah. But the more, you know, the more that women are pushing and hustling with their business because they think they need to work harder and work faster and do more, the more their self-care drops off. Yep. And so the more that we are not in receiving mode. And so then, you know, they come to me and they're like, I don't understand why nothing's shifting. I don't understand why nothing is working. It's like well, what are you doing for yourself? What, what do you mean? I'm doing all this stuff and I'm doing all this training. I'm doing all these courses. And I'm like, what are you doing? When do you switch off? When yeah. was the last time that you went for a walk mm. or you were in nature or you had a massage? I don't have time for that stuff. 
<laughs> okay, just breathe. It's like just that breathe. saying that says, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, if you don't have time to meditate for 10 minutes, you should meditate for 30 you minutes. You should be doing it, yeah. Or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And so true, isn't it? The busier you yes. are, the more yeah. you need to make time to do stuff to yeah. not be busy. Yeah. And I don't think women realise, I don't think any, anybody realises that, that actually is that you need to be in a receiving state to receive. Mm. Yeah. You know, to receive anything, to receive abundance, to receive mm. inspiration, to mm. receive love. Ideas. You know, yeah, yeah. Ideas. You know, if you're in a bad mood, you can't feel the love your husband is giving you because you're mm. completely blocked off from it. Mm. You know? So that happens in our life. If we are blocked off to money, we're gonna still be in a financial struggle. You know, mm. if we are blocked off to ourselves, we're not gonna get those downloads mm. and you know, and it, it is so linked to our purpose and why mm. so many women struggle with their business because if you're not on purpose, if you're not living that essence of you that's flowing from you because you can't hear it because you're not in receiving mode, mm. then your business is just going to be something you do. Right. And we, we both know that the best, most successful businesses are run by women that own their purpose mm. you know you can spot them a mile off the women that are in their story and they yeah. are in yeah. their purpose and they yeah. are in their power you you can see them coming and they're the women that or people that make you go oh i want to listen i want to what you. she's having i really <laughs> want to listen to you yeah and it's because yeah. they're in their purpose they know how to get in receiving mm. mode interesting yeah, now yeah. We've given comparisonitis a bit of a bad name. Is there a <laughs> uh, is there anything good about comparisonitis? Is there a, a positive side of comparing or knowing what's going on, or is it all doom and gloom? Oh no, I compare myself all the time to people. From the point of view is that I do it. I'm like, oh man, how they read in my thoughts. That was my thing, and I right. do a trademark search. Or I go, how did somebody think of that for me? Like, no. When I, when I first went online with my business about two and a half years ago, I created my whole business around this theme of being there and being vulnerable and being open. And I had like the whole, it's the only time in my life I've ever written a business plan and I had it all laid out. And then I just kind of caught wind of one of my master coaches who had mentioned Bear in something. So then I kind of looked it up and I saw that she had a program, which was Bear Coaches. And I was like, oh, so I thought, oh, I'll just check with her. And I emailed her and I said, you know, I'm so excited. I'm about to launch this new business and it's all to do with being bare. I noticed you kind of had a program. I just wanted to make sure you're okay with that. She's like, no, actually, Mary, I've trademarked the word bare. Like it's a whole big thing that I'm launching in 2017. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay then. Right. And I've never well, written that thing since. So, you know, and so I compare myself all the time mm. to people because I get so much inspiration from right. seeing how they do things yes. and seeing their ideas and seeing yep. how they work it. And But I know because of the whole minding your own business thing, I know where my boundary is and I know where to stop. And I mm. know I can feel when my body and my ego is taking over, mm -hmm. when that voice changes from inspiration to fear mm -hmm. and to like, when you start to like get protective and secretive and yeah. you want to hold on to things, you, you know that the ego is taken over and that's mm. when comparisonitis gets yeah. dangerous. That's yeah. when you go into that yucky place. Mm -hmm. But otherwise 
I, you know, you, you compare all the time, you share and compare all the time. We do mm, it as mm. colleagues, you know, we, mm. we bounce ideas and we open ourselves. To that. And mm. I think it's a brilliant way to learn and to develop. Yeah. But the key is knowing where your, where your boundary is. Yeah. And yeah. if you can compare from a place of love, mm. it is such a brilliant way mm. to open self up and expand but if you compare from a place of fear and lack yes ooh, ooh, that's, yucky. yeah that's really the yucky energy that you yeah. get yeah. into because you just end up feeling crap about Gross. yourself yeah no yeah. i totally agree i am um, i did a, a blog on this probably a year ago or almost a year ago where i felt like i was observing the process by this stage mm. because i had had that um that kind of feeling of hey, that was my idea or I was about to do that or that was my yeah. thing or how dare you? Like I'm getting really kind of cranky about it and then throwing everything in the air, going and drinking <laughs> a glass of wine and, you know, not doing anything in my business for the rest of the day because I just had the shits about it for some yeah. reason, right? But then what I realised was happening um, and it took probably three or four times, maybe four or five times to kind of, sorry, my dog is so excited, <laughs> to sort of realise um, what was happening was that after I got over that initial having a little tanty and throwing my toys out of the cot, it started, it made me think, it made me do two things. The first one was I had to evaluate whether that thing was actually really important to me or whether it was something that was just on my to-do list. Yeah. And seeing someone else do something similar to something you had in mind or were doing really makes you dig deep to go, Is this, does this really matter to me and am I going to yeah. pursue it? Or does it not really matter to me? And I was just like, I procrastinated it and I didn't get it done. And therefore it's something that wasn't really a good fit in the first place. And if the answer is yes, this is really meaningful. This is really important to me. And this is work that I have to do regardless of what the outcome is. Then that's like, that's the first thing, right? So what I was doing was the first couple, I think I just went, oh, stuff it. I'm not going to do it anymore. Someone else is doing that. I'll move on to my next project. And then by the, like, yeah, probably by the third or fourth time, I was like, no, I really want to do this. Like I've gone through this already. I've already picked, this is my thing. This is a thing that's really important. This is the thing that I know is going to work and it's aligned to me and it's aligned to my business and all of that sort of thing. But then what it made me do was innovate. It made me think of how can I do it? so that it doesn't look like I've copied them, but so that it's still my original work and it's still my original Mm -hmm. idea. And it made me, you know, kind of chop and change things or add things and take things off or deliver it in a a different way that actually ended up being shit hot product. And it was amazing because, yeah, it A, it made me very sure that that's what I wanted to do and B, made it better than it would have been originally anyway. So I do think in in some cases there's a really great outcome after comparisonitis. Yeah, and let's call it comparisonosis. I don't know. I I can I call it. Just last week, I was talking about it, and when you said comparisonitis, I was like, "Oh, she copied me." Patsy, (laughs) like comparisonitis, because I was. We were talking about this last week, but it's funny because my when I had this conversation with my master coach, she actually said to me. But, you know, Mary, you just had an idea similar to me. I, I'm a, I've been a master coach for 10 years. Mm. You're just out of the blocks and you're having this great Take idea. Go so you. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, that's a really interesting way to look mm. at it. Um, but that's, it's, well, that's one of the reasons why I love Wayne Dyer's work so much because he is the absolute master of doing that. If you, if you listen to his talks, all he does is talk about other people. Mm. he's constantly taking stuff that he has read and he just repackages it 
in a way that he knows his audience are listening to him for. But, and he openly talked about this. You know, he was just like, what I'm doing is, is constantly a stream of just other people's recycling. work. Mm-hmm. I'm just recycling it and I'm reteaching it because mm-hmm. that person may not have heard it yeah. from that that particular teacher they needed it to come from me Mm. in my voice in my language in my body in my tones so that I could hear it and Mm. I was like oh man that's brilliant because I think so so many times we can go on a course or we'll go to a webinar and we hear something brilliant yeah you really want to take to your tribe Mm. but then everybody gets all protective about it and and has stakes ownership on it and I I also remember, um, you may well know of her for like being a body worker because she's an American lady of Annette Noontill and she wrote the book, The Body is the Barometer of the Soul, which is all about our, how our body symptoms reflect mm-hmm. what our emotional and energetic symptom is. Mm-hmm. And I always remember reading her say about her books are so inexpensive, she never copyrighted or trademarked anything. Mm. And she always said information is for sharing Mm. like nobody owns anything Mm. you know it's just because it's only when you come from a place of lack Mm. that you worry that something can be taken away from you yeah it's only when we're worried about losing something (sighs) that's more stuff isn't going to come that we need to hold on to stuff but if i was talking to somebody the other day and she does these amazing paintings and she's got so many of them like nearly hundreds of them she's just started shredding them or giving them away and they're amazing and somebody said to her how can you do that how can you how can you how can you give you how can you throw your work away she's like but it's I'm a I'm an infinite source of these paintings yeah where this came from thousands more are going to come from and I don't I don't have the the storage space (laughs) and I was like oh my god that's just so true it's only when we're frightened that something is going to run out money inspiration love whatever that we start to hold on to it Mm. but if we really believe in our divine infinite beingness then you know i know our brilliant ideas Mm. are gonna keep flowing and flowing flowing. yeah that's it and And the only way to to really make space for those is to let the other let the current ones go and keep cycling through yeah absolutely mary you're an absolute breath of fresh air i love chatting with you and we could chat all day but your little boy's about to wake up and my dog needs to go outside so we might (laughs) (laughs) time for the boys oh man it was just awesome i've absolutely loved this chat and the direction that it went and um all that beautiful affirmation i really feel beautiful about this speech about this um chat and i'm sure that everyone who's listening will feel the same so how can people get in touch with you and learn more about you and your beautiful work well you can follow me on facebook um i've just started a new facebook group which is called women of influence which Mm -hmm. is for women who um absolutely want to stop being controlled by other people's thinking and thoughts and step into their own power and start to be the change and do what they want to do so you can come and join us there you can come and find me on my website or um, come and join one of my programs yay awesome brilliant we'll have it all in the show notes as well obviously and I can't wait to see what else you 
do and all of the beautiful things that you're going to bring into the world in the future so thank you thank again. you so much it's been great talking to you i think we covered everything from, <sighs> from dogs to you know how do we heal <laughs> how do oh, we heal beautiful. the world beautiful so, um, look forward to hearing more soon yeah i look forward to talking to you again sometime Cheers, soon Mary. Yeah, thank you that is absolutely it my lovely so i hope you've really enjoyed the episode it was great fun recording that one as it is with all of them if you'd like to connect i'd love to stay in touch with you i have a beautiful facebook group um, community at bit.ly forward slash the recovering perfectionist crew with all um, capital t r p and c I'm also, I have a massive goal this year to get 50,000 downloads on my podcast and I've got a YouTube show as well. So I'd love for you to help me out if you can by either subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. So if you want to go over and do that now, that would be awesome. If you have a couple of favorite episodes or if there's one favorite episode that you've really enjoyed, I would love you to share that with anyone who you think would get as much out of it as you have as well. And while you're in iTunes, if you can jump in and give it a review, that would be amazing. iTunes definitely helps out podcasts that have got some, some good ratings and reviews and some really interactive listeners. So I would really appreciate your help with getting to my goal of 50,000 in 2017. The show is also available over on YouTube. The links are always in the show notes, so you can um, head over there. So it's The Recovering Perfectionist on YouTube. There's a channel for that as well. So jump in and leave your comments. You can watch all of the episodes in video. So if you want to see what we look like and our crazy hand gestures and uh, facial expressions and all of that sort of thing, absolutely jump in. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel show as well. And then you'll be kept up to date when there's some uh, new episodes that come in there. So yeah, love your support. And if you want to shoot me an email, it's hello at clairebarton.com.au always happy to receive your emails and yeah open up a conversation all right big love i'll chat with you soon bye